Welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where we, as married busy professionals, leverage real estate investing to unlock the three plus one degrees of freedom, health, location, time, and financial. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast. And we're back with another recap episode of what we heard from our fantastic conversation with Mr. Kyle Mitchell. Now, there was a lot discussed in this episode, so I'm going to try to break it down as best I can. Uh, and most of it was centered around asset management. But before we hop there, the very first takeaway that we took away from this, at least from my perspective, is that you should A, have an open mind when discussing things with your spouse, uh, because it may unlock a whole new world with, for you. And I think that this is something that we learned early on. Uh, we had a lot of things that we thought we were doing the right way. And as soon as we were putting ourselves in our, it, we were put, we put ourselves in a state of open mindedness with each other. We found some of these options and avenues that we never thought possible because we were both thinking about something together. Um, I kind of had this, this tendency back in the day to just say, oh, this is what's best for us. We're just going to run down this path and we're going to be, we're going to do that, right? And as soon as I got Sophie involved um, and started having an open mind to trust her decisions and trust her advice, that's when everything started to explode. And hopefully Sophie says the same thing about <laughs> her business with oh, me. Oh yeah, always. And, and I always think that like, you know, uh, again, we've spoken about this before in other other podcasts, but um, me being more visionary oriented and Derek being more integrated oriented, we really can't do it without each other. And the the beauty of having an open mind when discussing things with each other is really important because, uh, like Derek said, you know, we can go through our whole lives just really thinking that the way we've done things is the quote unquote right way, because it's the way that's worked for us. And that's okay. But when you're doing things as a couple, it's really nice to keep that, um, keep the lines of communication open and keep the, the possibilities and the vision open because they're, you know, in reality, I feel like I only knew like maybe 1% of, of everything that was possible until mm -hmm. I met Derek and, um, and together you can create like a whole new entity, a whole new organism of thought and meaning, um, of how and why you live your life. I can't help but remember uh, early on with us, one of the main things that was basically just common or for very common for me was uh, budgeting. And I remember early on that for Sophie, that was something that was a bit of a struggle or it was a new idea. And <clears throat> now that I think about it, like I, I honor her for having an open mind to deal with all of this, because at the time that was very important to me. And Sophie was willing uh, to make that sacrifice, even though at the beginning, she really didn't understand why or didn't understand the purpose or how this was important. Um, I honor her for, for wanting to, to have that open mind and stick with it. Yeah. It was really, really hard for me. And um, <laughs> the, the discipline, the, the, just the work that it took to under the work that it took to budget, but the work that it took to understand the reasons and the vision that Derek had. Um, and again, you know, he, he likes to say that it, it, it really does go from an I to a we, and it's so important to make sure that um, we, we compromise. Cause I know part of that journey too, was that um, I had introduced personal development to Derek and, you know, for someone who's so logical and, <laughs> and spreadsheet oriented that, 
the idea of personal development can seem a little bit, uh, you know, too wide open. What, do you, what was your experience? Yeah, it was, it was very difficult for me to grasp because it was very open-ended. And, you know, as an engineer and trained in the, in the maths and sciences, um, I was used to looking for defined answers and closed loops. But self-development and getting involved with your spouse and, and conversations like that, it's very open-ended and you don't know where it's going to end up. And that, that gave me um, a very strong sense of insecurity mm. because I didn't know where we were headed. And then I found through self-development that that addiction to need that control and to need that level of knowledge uh, is just not healthy because it's impossible to know what's going to happen down the line. And so it ended up becoming more of a blessing because it ended up with more flexible life and more expansive, more, more uh, possibility entrenched type of life. And so mm -hmm. that can all be credited towards having an open mind. Absolutely. And that brings us to the next takeaway, which is um, from Kyle, which is to intentionally surround yourself with the best people. And so the first step was, of course, like having an open mind and discussing these our different personalities, our different ideas and our outlooks with each other. But the next level was to be surrounded by multiple, like take that to, you know, the nth degree where you're surrounding yourself with people who have made it, maybe they're a few steps ahead, maybe they're 20 steps ahead, but the reality is that they show you what's possible and they show you um, that, you know, within a few years, you can get to the same exact place, but it starts with that open mind. Yeah, it does. I think that um, surrounding yourself with the best people that this, this point that Sophie mentioned is so important. Um, it is and the, one of the reasons why it's so important is that the best surrounding yourself includes your spouse. Um, so making sure that the person that you're spending the most time around is the people that you want to be with over the long term. And that can extend out past your spouse, right? So make sure that uh, whoever you're around, they, the, they give you a positive influence because that's going to elevate your thinking as well um, and your mindset. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just, you know, staying humble in the sense that everyone that you come into contact with can be your teacher and making sure that, um, again, it, it starts with that open-mindedness to say, where am I? What are my limiting, you know, what are the limiting factors in my life? What are my limiting beliefs? And, and really leaning into the wisdom that other people can lend to you because it's always there. We just need to be receptive to it. Mm -hmm. The third point that we learned from Kyle Mitchell's conversation is that um, even if you're currently in a role that you like, know that that might later change. Okay. So if you're really into what it is that you're doing, that's great. Make sure that you know that really, really well, but keep your mind open and start looking around for other things because depending on where you are in your W2 position or your nine to five work um, or in your side hustle, there's so many variables, lots of things happen in life. You could have a family event. Uh, you could have a physical move. You could have uh, a job change that's unwilling, right? All these things are fluid. So while I still think that it's a good idea to be very specific and knowledgeable about your specific place, it doesn't hurt to know a little bit about everything else out there as well. 
Um, I'm not saying that you have to like read books and books on it. It's just good to be familiar with it. And oftentimes the best way to do that is to, again, surround yourself with the best people so that they can tell you the key things you need to know. Or if you need to find someone that, that you have a question about when this change happens, you can go ahead and make that very quick uh, reach out to that person that you know, so that you can get what you need to know from that and continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. I just want to inject also that, um, again, be open to that change because nothing, 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 nothing stays static. And the, you know, again, technology changes, mm-hmm. our personalities, you know, our experiences have a way of shaping us and we change as well. So like Derek said, you know, even though you feel comfortable in that role, that comfort um, later on can perhaps turn into boredom that will cause you to want to make um, a new switch to challenge you in the future. So yeah, very well said. And we've actually experienced that also. And sometimes the needs of the business will change too. of your own business. You know, you may be the person doing the underwriting right now, right. Or doing all of the math and everything, but eventually you'll get to a point where you can't do it anymore. Right. Because you have other things that have higher priority that you have to start delegating. So just, it's worth repeating, make sure you understand that everything changes over time and, when she said uh, that everything changes over time, I'm reminded of the expression that the only constant to life is change. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very true. So we just wanted to make sure that that was pretty clear. Yeah. The next point that we want to take away, point number four, is that you should think about the operations when you're looking to buy a building. You should think about operations when you're looking at purchasing and under the acquisition phase. So when you're going to do due diligence, make sure that you have a business plan or a rough business plan in mind, or go to the visit, right? Go to the site visit, go to the uh, the walk or the inspection with an idea of how you think you want to operate the building and then visualize that while that's all going down. Okay. That's really important because that will help you uh, establish a more um establish a more, a stronger business plan going forward, right? From the beginning, from day one, when you have a plan, because once you close, you can start making preparations to start getting those units turned or doing the improvements that you had planned for in your business plan, okay? Point number five is that know that the knowledge gained in your early career will be very easily leveraged later on. And I guess what this is, the easiest way to explain this is that real estate investing is a long-term game. Know that when you first get started, it's going to be slow because you're learning lessons the hard way, you know? And by the hard way, I don't mean in terms of effort, but I mean in terms of probably your time and your your, uh, effort. Because sometimes you'll go down a path and you won't know what mistakes you're making and it will take you a year or two to understand, oh my gosh, I could have done it this way from day one. And so that's just part of the process. And Actually, you know, it's a pretty good analogy for life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, Derek always talks about, you know, using the crockpot method, not the mm-hmm. microwave method. And that really does apply to everything that anything that's worth doing is worth sticking with in the long term and making sure that there's enough respect, enough diligence, enough um, energy that's being put into it. And yes, it, it's sort of like, um, you know, use the analogy of that hockey stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. The hockey stick is uh, the hockey stick analogy is like for a very long period of time, you will not see any growth or the growth will be so small that maybe you won't even perceive it, but the growth is happening. There's 
experiences, people that are getting to know who you are. And as you grow over time, it doesn't seem like you're making any progress until it is blatantly clear that you're an overnight success, right? It's because all these factors start coming together. And over time, you're eliminating bottlenecks over time, eliminating bottlenecks, bottlenecks, you know, perspectives, problems that you have in order to become full potential, right? And it just takes time to do that. You have to have faith that you will be there. Um, and so once you get to that end where now it's like the realization comes, oh my gosh, like looking back, we have actually achieved what we wanted to achieve. That's that end of the hockey stick. So nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, all the success in the world that you'd ever want uh, just comes your way. And mm -hmm. so that's what we've been finding as well. All right. Point number six is that good KPIs are very important for asset management, selecting the right key performance indicators or things to track as an asset manager who oversees the day-to-day -day operations from the property manager, right? Because you're talking with the property manager, but yet you're telling them or helping them manage the building to help fit your business plan. The most important KPIs are vacancy, at least in our eyes. And according to Kyle, it's vacancy, turn times, how quickly it takes to have a unit returned once it's vacant, fixed up again, and then released that turn time, and then net operating income performance or NOI. And NOI is a lot because you have the income. So you're looking at market rents and everything to make sure that the rents are high and meeting the targets for the business plan that you put together. And then of course, there's keeping expenses under control. And generally, from what I heard from Kyle, I think I'm inferring that uh, the for the expenses, you just want to control them and then keep them stable and keep them at the same level as when you acquired the property or try to reduce them. Although that reduction in NOI is some, some extra bonus points. But in general, it's mostly about keeping the expenses in control and then allowing the market rents to rise up uh, and then you to be able to implement your business plan to get those higher rents. So just to recap, three key performance indicators to watch. Vacancy, turn times, NOI. All right, point number seven. Weekly or semi-weekly calls, or you know, once every two weeks, uh, are needed with property managers based on portfolio size. And the best PMs can even customize their reporting out to you to help you look at the key performance indicators. So if you have a very small portfolio, maybe it makes sense to meet once every two weeks. But if you have a large portfolio or a very big property, then you need to be meeting every single week to go over vacancies, turns, issues that come up on a weekly basis because it can affect all the other units. And it's just, it makes a lot of sense to have that. So I just thought I would add that in there so that you guys understand how often you're going to be needing to meet with your property manager if you're an asset manager looking over the operations of an apartment building. All right. And then point number eight is the main job in asset management, according to the expert, which is Kyle, who wrote a book on it, is holding people accountable and paying attention to trends. And by holding people accountable, that captures a lot because you're working with the property manager and you're tracking all the things that you both agreed on needs to be done in order to implement the business plan that you are promising for your investors. And then paying attention to trends, like starting to notice that maybe the turn times are getting bigger or that rehab costs or turnovers are getting more expensive and trying to nip those, nip those patterns right in the bud, right when they start. Okay. So those are the two main jobs in asset management. So if you're up for that challenge, you could be an excellent asset manager. And then the last point that I wanted to make 
in asset management from Kyle is that the best ways to boost NOI or to boost some of the income coming in is to maybe utilize some sort of tech package, right? Uh, you can use keyless entries, smart thermostats, all these cool things that we as people like you know, normal resident goers, right, <laughs> across the United States would find convenient and helpful. And so I think those are really cool things because that would attract people to pay a little bit more. And most oftentimes that Delta and what they'd be willing to pay without that Delta, without that package versus with it, that Delta is going to very easily pay for itself uh, as a boost in net operating income so that when you go to turn over or maybe sell or refinance or do some sort of exit with the property, they'll be able to recoup that and more. So those are some of the top takeaways. Um, I know I've been rambling for quite a bit, but I wanted to talk to Sophie and see if she can relate to any of that or if she has any comments in regards to asset management there. Yeah, I um, I definitely think that there's a lot of really great takeaways and I've had a lot of breakthroughs just listening to you speak about Kyle's wisdom. And just like going back to the KPIs, I think, again, that could bleed into every aspect of our lives, mm -hmm. like really, really using key performance indicators to track and to follow um, all the important things that will create that successful um, property. And so, um, yeah, I, I love the utilizing the tech packages because like you said, you know, as a resident dweller, like we, we definitely want to feel comfortable. We want to know that our landlords, whoever property we're staying in right now, when we're Airbnb hopping, they're thinking of creating the most comfort and the most value for us too. Yeah. The most, ex like the best experience, right. And, and the easiest uh, way to live a life more seamless. I, I know for a fact that if I had keyless entry, right. To be able to just go into a place without having to pull out a, a key every time, that's a huge thing for me because I don't, that's one thing that I don't want to have to remember, you know, to, to, to have to like hand over to someone else. Um, and then there's a physical component to it because you could lose it, right? Then you need to call the maintenance mm -hmm. tech for them to come out. It's just a much cleaner experience. And I think that uh, someone who's clearly thinking about the tenant's experience from the beginning, um, that person is going to win and attract the best tenants and have the highest rents. So Absolutely. yeah, so that's it. Um, I know that's a lot of takeaways, but hopefully it was useful to you. Maybe if you're a small property uh, or a small portfolio property owner, um, this might be useful also for you for single family portfolios. Uh, or if you're just looking to get into the space, this is a great place to start. Asset management is very unsexy part of the business, but it's super important. And uh, one of the main things that Sophie and I are focusing on quite a bit uh, with our current operations right now in our markets. So that's all for today. And um, if you do enjoy this content, please like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening or watching this. We would really appreciate that so we can get exposure to more people. And keep in mind too, that every week we have a mastermind uh, that happens on our free open Facebook group uh, at the Elevate Equity Tribe. So please visit us. Go ahead and type that into the search bar in Facebook. Find us, agree to the uh, to the rules, which is just to be morally accepting of other people and, and helpful. And then we'll, we'll go from there and make sure that we're all getting this fantastic wisdom from our guests and from each other. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. That being said, this is Derek. And this is Sophie. We are signing off for the day. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.